and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. As you can see, it's just me. So as we um, said in the last podcast, Lynn has decided to step away from doing it um, due to time commitments. And I'm very much in the camp of, I want to continue. I really enjoy doing it. And so here you are. This one is a little bit out of our normal sequence because um, I just really wanted to set the scene for 2017 and give some reassurance that the things that you've previously had with our podcast are going to continue and I'm going to bring some new elements in. So this isn't a standard normal Crochet Circle podcast, but I've got some of the normal elements in there for you. So today I'm going to do Ye Crochet or Ne Crochet. Um, we have the final instalment of the Yarn Club and if you're watching you can see some of the amazing um, bits and pieces that I'm going to show you. And I have a book review, finally, of Raw by The Crochet Project. Um, a little bit of blurb on take two. A new section called Quad the Rav, which I will explain fully further down the line. And one called The Scene for 2017. Again, I'll explain that in a bit. New World Order, which sounds very serious. Um, and a final segment of what's good. And if I think that the time isn't too heavy, then I will might sneaking a bit of feeding the habit and give you an idea of what I'm going to be working on in the rest of December. So this episode is now sponsored by me <laughs> and me is Knit It, Hook It, Craft It and I have my own company and I supply crafting supply items rather than selling the yarn I sell the other elements that are useful to crafters. It's a startup company, so I'm building it up slowly by slow, slowly, slowly, piece by piece. Um, and I also wanted to say thank you to everyone that listens to the podcast and watches us on YouTube, which is increasing in numbers. Um, it's really lovely to have your support and your engagement on social media. It means the world, and because I work alone, sounds really like lonely I don't mean it like that don't don't get your violins out just quite yet it's lovely to have all of those people around me I really enjoy um being able to bounce off people and see what they're making seeing what their yarns are and it's probably one of my most frequently asked questions on Instagram and on Ravelry is if somebody posts something I'll say what yarn are you using because I am really quite addicted I love to see what people are up to what they're making and what um what resources they're using to get there. So thank you everyone for being part of that and hopefully you'll continue to be listeners and watchers of the podcast. You'll not find it too bad just being one. <laughs> so a quick um, hello. We have got um, some birthdays. We've actually got two. So this is probably going to go out tomorrow, which is the 16th of December. And we have got two people that have got birthdays tomorrow. We've got Christina Designs, who's Christina, and Felicious, who is um, Felicia. So happy birthday to you both. And the three um, group members I pulled out of Ravelry were Beady Mom, Margot. Now, Margot, if you're listening on the day of publishing, it's your birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday to you too. Um, homemade at my place is Alessandra. Happy, um, not happy birthday, I don't think it's your birthday, but hello to you too. And Nettie Selly from Ravelry. So hello to you folks. If you haven't yet become part of the Ravelry group, I would encourage you to do so. It doesn't matter if you're a lurker and you're 
you're not coming in and being part of the group. That really doesn't matter. Lots of people do that and they still manage to get a lot out of the group. So join up. It's called the Crochet Circle Podcast. Come and say hello. There's lots of good information in there and that will increase as the months go on. So moving on to ye crochet or ne crochet. Um, last podcast I showed you a blanket that a few of us had worked on for one of my fellow wool gatherers, um, Emma. So I run a crochet and knitting club on a fortnightly-ish basis and Emma is the first one out of our club after two years to actually have a baby during the time of the club being running. So a few of us um, crocheted up a little pram blanket for her and Lynn went to see Emma last week and Emma had lots of lovely photos of her brand new baby daughter Matilda being wrapped up um, in her baby blanket from all of us. So that's a crochet yay, but actually there's a wider point in there for me about crafting for other people and crafting nice bits and pieces and a lot of the crafting that I tend to do for other people is for um, babies and children um, and I just I really enjoy that aspect and being able to see the parents faces when they get something new and I'm about to start work on another um, baby blanket as well so that's my crochet just being able to fulfill something that isn't isn't for me it's for other people but I know it's going to get use and that people will really enjoy receiving those lovely handmade gifts so yeah hopefully Matilda's lovely and snuggly because it's quite chilly outside um, and she's all snuggled up in her little blanket that we made for her um, and also on that another one that I'd done Winky has finally finished his um, postal scarf the little crochet scarf that we've been working on together and when I saw him last time he um, brought it so he could show me all of his good work on it. I will put a photo up in the show notes and I'll probably add one into the YouTube channel as well because he just looks so cute. This boy has got the biggest, bluest eyes and like butter would not melt in this child. He just is angelic. He's not, he's a little bugger at times um, as Jenny will attest to but he just looks so cute in this little blue scarf and um, Jenny, I pinged her a message yesterday said do you mind if I talk about Winky and his scarf on the podcast and um, she said no but you just have to apologise for his shocking haircut because it had been so long Jenny had kind of attacked it with scissors so you know feel free to uh, message Jenny and tell her that her hairdressing skills are awful because it's not that bad but you can definitely tell that there's been like a, a craft job done on his hair it's not good so yeah that's my my yay it's all about making bits and pieces for other people and the the appreciation and just the fulfillment that that gives me I really enjoy it so I'm going to move on to yarn club review we said last time we thought we're done with that but actually there's another kitten. I'm really sorry if you can hear that. This is my contrary little cat. So, moving on to Yarn Club review. We thought we'd finished with this last time, but actually it became apparent that there's another type of subscription that you can get for, um, for crochet. And I asked Becca, who's another wool gatherer, whether I could borrow the crochet subscription that she'd been working on 
Um, and she said yes. So, Becca has been receiving for the last 10 months um, a blanket club subscription. And she's got two more months to go. So she knew that she was signing up for something that would be 12 months worth of cost and also 12 months worth of crocheting. And what she's received every month are three 50 gram skeins of superwash merino. And I really love this idea because it's actually a collaboration between two indie dyers. So it's between Dye Candy, um, and again I'll put links into the show notes, and Dye Candy is D-Y-E Candy on Instagram, and another one which is Unbelievable, um, which is Unbelievable on Instagram. And they take it in turns to put the dye packs out and send them out. So I guess from a indie dyer's point of view, you, you don't have that month by month um, rush to get all of the blankets, um, the blanket yarn subscriptions out. Now, Becca has been doing this since January last year. It has been £21 a month, so quite an undertaking. But when you see the size of this blanket, you, it's a lot, a lot of wool and it's a lot of work and she's really enjoyed it. And it, it is, it's really heavy, it's beautifully soft and it is absolutely massive. So I'm trying to show off accordingly and again I'll pop pictures up. But it starts in these lovely muted tones and then it starts pulling in some brighter colours with the yellow and the orange and going into bright pinks and bright greens. And I know that she's really enjoyed making this blanket. And part of the reason that she's enjoyed it so much is because when the subscription comes in, Becca tries to work on it straight away because otherwise I think her feeling was that um, it would just pile up and she may not make the end product in which case she would have spent quite a lot of money if you do the maths quite a lot of money for something that she then um, might not do anything with I think this has actually been really good value for money as well because they get 150 grams and every month they get the next instalment of the pattern now one of the things that happened was that um, quite a few people that were doing the blanket club had yarn left over so the two dyers dye candy and unbelievable offered an extension pack pattern so they didn't need to get more yarn but they extended the blanket pattern for those that wanted to do it could then make the extended blanket and that's what becca has done essentially with this blanket so it's huge she's not going to get any use out of it because her son tommy has basically claimed it he, he says it's his blanket so Becca's getting nowhere near it but she's got two months worth left to go so you can see that you know there are bits that she um she needs to finish off and I think she's due one not next week maybe the week after um but yeah she's really enjoyed it Merino's one of her favorite wools and I'm trying not to rustle too much but she has got a massive ziploc bag of yarn scraps left over that she can then use for a different project. So um, even though she's done the extension pack, she could easily do uh, another cushion or like a, a chaotic coloured scarf or something um, as well with the rest of the yarn that she's got. So I asked Becca if she would do it again. 
And she said yes, but she would definitely make sure that she could keep on top of the subscriptions because otherwise the feeling is that you just might, you might not make the most of it. Apologies if you can hear clone, that is my stupid cat at the door. And I'm just going to see if he'll go away because he's having a funny five minutes. Well, it's been lasting for about half an hour now. And uh, he might just bog off or he might continue, in which case I'll let him in. So that's part one. And then the other, kind of, how would I term it? It's, some, it's a yarn subscription that has got a very specific project in mind. So like the blanket. And that to me is quite different from like the Life in the Long Grass subscription that I had or the um, Little Box of Crochet or the Crochet boxes where it's something different every single time. This is a project that you know that you're in for for the long haul. And then a similar one that I came across, there's a designer called um, Vicky Brem. She's based in Cheltenham in England and she is working on a shawl club that starts off in January 2017 and it's open for subscription at the moment. So when I learned this, I pinged her a note on Instagram and then we've been conversing over email. And Vicky is doing, it will um, last over essentially 12 months, but it will be six shawls. So you've got one, a fresh one coming out every two months. You've got two months to make your shawls. Um, which I think is good because sometimes shawls can be a little more involved so you might need that two months breather um, it's not like doing the hexagon patterns that um, that Becca was doing so I think that's a great way of doing it, that you've got a two months breather from one subscription box coming into the next. Now Vicky also hand dyes her own yarn so to me that makes it really special because one she's going to be the pattern designer and two, she's the yarn dyer. So everything that you will get from her will be from her her stable, essentially. It will have come from Vicky Brown Designs. Um, the subscriptions are still open at the moment. And what that means is that she will be producing a box in January, March, May, July, September and November in 2017. And each box will include a printed pattern, the hand-dyed yarn, everything that you will need to work up that shawl within the kit. Um, the boxes are available to purchase singly as well. So if you didn't want to sign up for a full six months worth, well, sorry, not six months worth. If you didn't want to sign up for a full 12 months worth, six shawls, then you can just buy one of the shawl patterns. However, if you buy the, um, the full set, then you actually save 20 pounds because um, you will get the six shawl patterns and dye for 100 rather than 120 plus postage and packaging. Um, each shawl pattern will be new and exclusive to the subscribers for two months. So once you've got it as a subscriber, nobody else will have it for a couple of months. <laughs> I have the most ridiculous cat in the world. Let's ignore him. Um, all of the yarn will be sock, um, which is four ply weight. And on a range of bases and fibres varying from month to month. However, she can accommodate allergies and personal dislikes or likes. So that uh, Becca now can't deal with alpaca, can only deal with merino. So Fix would be able to take that into account. And all of the patterns will use a 3.5 mil or a four mil hook. So if like me, you don't tend to like 
using the smaller hook sizes, you know automatically that these shawls might suit you. Um, the first box and the full subscription are available to purchase on Etsy already and I will put the links into the show notes for that. Um, or you can buy the single boxes, as I said, in their £20, um, which includes the postage and packaging. But if you're if it's going out to Europe, it's an extra £1.50 and if it's going to the rest of the world, then it's an extra £3. So if you're interested in some of the British indie dyers that are coming through and you're not based in the UK... Um, and you want to have a look. I actually think, I don't know how she's doing it for £3 to the rest of the world because I can't post stuff out that cheaply. Um, I think that's a really good deal on postage. So if you're going for the full six-month collection, it's £100. So the six-shawl collection is £100 and that includes UK postage. Um, so if you're going for the full six, Europe is an extra £9 and rest of the world is an extra £18, which, as I said, I just think is a really good deal. Um, all of the contents will remain a mystery until they have been delivered to your door. Um, but you can find some sneak peeks. Vicky's got an Instagram account um, and you can go and find her there. It's Vix Brown. Um, so go and find her on Instagram. Have a look at what she does. Um, I may have a couple of skeins of her stuff coming my way because I was on her Etsy shop seeing what she was up to. Possibly a Christmas skein of yarn. Right, I'm going to skin a cat. Get in. So, on to the book review. A little while ago I was very kindly sent a PDF copy of Raw by Kat Golden and Joanne Scrace of the Crochet Project. It's something that they've done in collaboration with Blacker Yarns. For those of you that maybe aren't as familiar with Blacker, they do an awful lot of work on British breeds and the the wool and yarn that they sell is just lovely so if you want to be very breed specific with your work blacker is one of the first places that i would tend to go to and um, they have their own website but also isla from brit yarn tends to sell quite a bit of blacker yarn as well and in particular what they often do is have really beautiful yarns that are undyed so you can see the yarn and the wool in its natural state um, rather than having really bright and vivid colours on it. And that's really what this book with Kat and Joanne has focused in on. It's using British breeds, undyed, to show them off at their best with within crochet projects. So within the book there is a pattern for a sweater, a cardigan, a shawl, hat, mittens, and the hat and mittens um, are matching, and a pair of socks. And as you know, I will only review a book or a pattern if I've actually crocheted it myself and what I tend to like to do with the book is have crocheted at least two of the items to um, to be able to say that I've given a fair go because there might be one pattern that was worked really well and another one just didn't for me um, so I like to be able to give a, a good and fair review. So the first thing that I um, crocheted up and you've seen these before in the podcast were the Mamble socks. And I used um, undyed yarn. This was the Shropshire Ply, which has got very little elasticity to it. Um, I really enjoy wearing these socks. They're so lovely and warm. Um, but I would like to make them again, maybe with something like Socks Yeah or West Yorkshire Spinners, just to see how the pattern works 
with the lace definitions just to see how different it is with the different type of yarn because this is very this is very woolly wool <laughs> and um, it's it's lovely it still smells sheepy even though they've been through the machine a few times it's really hard wearing and lovely and warm and onto the pattern itself now I had already crocheted a couple of pairs of socks another pair which was the Evesham socks by Joanne's Grace so I was quite familiar with the techniques that she was using but unlike the Evesham socks these ones were toe up so if you're not a fan of grafting or doing the Kitchener stitch then I would definitely say that this approach could be excellent for you so and then what you've got is um standard stitch on the bottom and going into lace stitch onto the the top and nice little cluster of stitches what i expected was to have the same heel construction as the evesham socks and that wasn't the case um and i have to say i had a little bit of difficulty with the heel construction i had to rip it out and then start again and one of the reasons being is that you build up to this point in the in the heel and then you come back and forward to you you do it in steps and then you crochet back and forth to pull it all together to start building up the back of the heel joanne has called it a bridge stitch and when i was having difficulties with it i couldn't i couldn't see any reference to bridge stitch in crochet terms i might have been looking in the wrong areas but i couldn't come across anything so i ripped it all back and worked out what the problem was that I was having was every time I was coming back to the next step I couldn't work out exactly where the step was and I'm not really giving anything away in the pattern here and um, so the second time round all I did was put a stitch marker on every single step because I knew what the construction was then having already done it first time round so that meant that when I was coming to build up and pull the two parts of the heel together I knew exactly what it was I should be doing the bridge stitch into. So that made my life an awful lot easier. And that's something that I've added into the pattern notes in Ravelry. So if you're thinking about doing the Mamble socks, I would definitely recommend doing the same because um, when I then did it on the second sock again, it definitely made my life easier to just know exactly what it was that the stitch was going to go into rather than trying to second guess it. Um, and then it's just the lace all the way in the round on the pattern. I really enjoyed doing these. I love crocheted socks. They're a very different thing from knitted socks, which I also do. And um, the, really the, the bridge stitch was only part, the only issue that I had with that pattern. And I dare say that had I been at home, I was away at the time, but had I been at home, um, I would have just pinged a quick email off to Joanne and I'm sure she would have come back with some support um, for me. But I did this sock a couple of months ago and there were no other um, projects in Ravelry at that time. So I was one of the first people to put projects up so I didn't have anybody else's notes to, to go by. But if you're thinking about this, definitely when you're getting to the heel shaping, first part, put stitch markers in. It will save you quite a lot of time and effort afterwards so um yeah i really enjoyed doing the socks i think maybe a little more wording around bridge stitch would have been more helpful um if anybody else has done that type of sock construction then it was probably really simple for you but it was the first time that i'd built a heel up in that way and then the second thing that i've just done from um raw is um the hat 
Now, this is the one that comes with the mittens. And if you're familiar with the book on Joanne, um, she's modelling it. She's got it a lot looser, but I think I look like a numpkin with um, <laughs> with quite a loose hat on. It just It just doesn't suit me. So I didn't change the pattern up much. I just reduced the number of stitches and you can do that by a count of four. And you probably can't see it as well. You can see it in the photos I've provided for the show notes, but I didn't choose particularly high contrast colours. Um, but with the natural shades in the book, in raw and the examples that the girls have pulled together, you really see that difference because they've used a cream and quite a dark chocolatey brown and the pattern definition is just beautiful but I wanted something that was a little more subtle and also the green colour that I've used um, mixes well with a lace crochet cowl that I have it's not exactly the same yarn but it was the closest thing that I had and I wanted to try and get something that would match in with that it's really interesting construction for this hat um, what you do is one big row for the um for the essentially the ribbing for the hat but you do it as one long strip and then you join it together and that gives you the brim and I hadn't really tackled anything like that before as part of a hat brim um and the way that it's been done with the back loop only stitches gives this lovely um textured chevron effect I really like that and then you're picking up stitches to be able to then start crocheting in the round and doing the colour work. And this is the first piece of um, crochet colour work that I've ever really achieved as well. It's perfect up at the top. It's not so perfect down at the bottom and that is no fault of the pattern whatsoever. When I did this, the first half of the hat, I was really, really quite poorly and um, refused to be beaten by a horrible cold and continue to crochet anyway but luckily because my colours aren't high contrast you can't really see that so it's it's um it's fine but not the pattern that was just me being really quite poorly and continuing to crochet and then I probably haven't done as many um row repeats as the pattern shows and I went straight in and I've got the same crown repeats that they have in their pattern. And that's purely so that I have a hat that I know suits the shape of my head. So like I said, I don't want it to be big and baggy. I like my hats to be quite tight on my head, pull my hair forward and um, keep my ears in. I think that's part of the reason why I've got quite sticky out ears. And I like my hats to well and truly keep them down and keep them pinned down. Um, so lovely and warm. I've used John Arbin Knit by Numbers for this hat. Um, really beautiful to work with. I just, I can't say enough about um, John Arbin and the Knit by Numbers range. It's beautifully soft in the skein, but when you work with it, it's even softer. And then when you have a, something like a hat on your head, it's softer again. And I always tend to get that eventual itch on my forehead when I wear a hat, partly because I wear quite tight hats and I don't get that with this one. It's absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, lovely and warm. And this is going to be my winter hat for 2016-17. Um, so yes, I would say from a, a crochet point of view, you get exactly what you would expect from Kat and Joanne. You've got um, nice, simple instructions 
albeit I honestly think that I could have done with a bit more instruction on the bridge stitch um, just to make that easier or being told to place markers definitely makes it easier. Beautiful photography as usual. Um, really nice <coughs> layout of the book. Charts where you need charts. The abbreviations are good. It's just always they're really nice patterns to follow. Um, but what I always find with their patterns with the ones I choose anyway, is that I get pushed a little bit further. So I'm always learning a new technique with the um, with the bits and pieces that I crochet from their books. And I think that's what they do particularly well. Um, their stuff looks lovely and simple, um, but actually they, they tend to come up with things slightly differently than the way my brain would work. So I'm always learning stuff when I do their, um, their projects. So Raw is available... Um, from their website and it's £10 for the digital copy or £12 for a hard copy which also includes a digital download um, and that's plus PMP for the hard copy. It's written in UK terminology but they always provide US terminology within the abbreviation so it's quite easy to to um, look up what it is that you should be doing if, you, if you're a US crocheter. Um, and I'll put all of the links into the into the show notes but fab book and if if you've done um any of the stuff from three from the top so the the three cardigans that they've done then i'd say you probably would want to take a look at the um the pullover and the cardigan that they've done for raw as well um the cardigan is on the front cover of the book and i can just see that being done with you could do it with one colour with a gradient yarn. I think it's lovely to see everything in the undyed, but you can you can also appreciate how it would look in colour um, because you've you've got a clearer palette to try and make it your own. So yes, I'm a fan of Raw and I will provide the links. Go and have a look and see what they've been up to. And they've had new stuff come out since Raw, so I don't I don't know how they do it. They just seem to be amazing at churning out beautiful patterns um, I've got a couple more on my um, my to-do list for the beginning of 2017 so yeah well done to Kat and Joanne another Stone Cruver book uh, which brings me on to another book which is Take Two which is the one that Lynn and I have been working on together fingers crossed I had an email from the printer this morning where we should be on track for receiving the copies next week. I don't mind telling you, it has been really, really hard work getting to this point. Um, so we expected to have all of the information back much, much sooner. Unfortunately, it took Ravelry 12 days to come back to us about the uploading of the book. Um, and the only reason I finally got an answer out of them was because I... Um, pinged them a message on one of the discussion boards but they didn't come back to me through the um, the Ravelry Pro email route that I'd been told to use so were it not for the fact that I got onto the shopkeepers discussion board I suspect I would still be waiting for an answer and we wouldn't have even got a digital copy out up on Ravelry I love Ravelry but I have to say I find that extremely frustrating from a a designer sales point of view but we're up there now that's fine it's also on my website as well and you can order uh, you can pre-order hard copies on the website I'll provide links again in the show notes and um, but the website is www.knitit 
hyphen hookit hyphen craftit.com and it's on the second page of um, products and you'll find it there. Um, so I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that we will get that at the back end of next week and I will get them posted out as soon as possible. I dearly, dearly want people to have them before Christmas Day and so I've got the printers on red alert. They've got all the artwork, they've had it for a while. It's just getting them to actually get to that print job and get it back to us quickly. So fingers crossed, all is well and we'll get that sorted. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having that in my hands and getting it out to all the people who've already pre-ordered it. So thank you to all of you. It's uh, it's lovely to be able to recognise so many of the names as regular listeners and people that get in touch with us on the Ravelry board and um, on Instagram and social media. So yeah, I, I feel really heartened by the fact that listeners and viewers like it as uh, like what it is that Lynn and I have been producing have gone straight out and bought it there's also been quite a bit of um, coverage, well interest from the crochet magazines so you should start to see it um, being advertised in them in the next couple of months I would have thought um, and on that if you um, do make anything from Take Two please add it there's a hashtag which is Take Two Crochet We'd love to see what you're up to. And if you can extend to doing a Ravelry page as well, that would be just fabulous. I can't wait to see what people make from our designs. Um, yeah. Coffee required. So, one of the new sections that I wanted to introduce is called Quad the Rav. Um, Ravelry is huge both in terms of the number of people that use it but also the amount of functionality that it has and I know by talking to people that um, quite a few people find it quite intimidating and they don't know half of the stuff that Ravelry can actually do for them or that they can do in Ravelry and there was a discussion thread going within the crochet circle group um, at the beginning of this week um, and somebody was asking, it was Lisa, was saying that she doesn't often pay for patterns because she finds it hard to work out whether it's going to be worth paying for that pattern or not. And I think that's a very fair question. How would you know, looking at the thousands of patterns that are out there and paid for on Ravelry, how would you know which ones are worthwhile? So I went back into the group and said, well, this is, this is what I look for and this is what I do. And I'll put all of this information into the show notes as well. Um, but essentially what I tend to do is look at a pattern, find one that I really want to make. And then I tend to look at what the pattern has got an offer. So with that, I'm looking at how many times the project has been made. If it's a really high number, then that in itself gives me some positivity towards that pattern makes me think well okay um like for the one that i've pulled out for the show notes is that it's called the aranami shawl and it's a knitted shawl i'll explain why i've used that one but that has been made or is in the process of being made 1162 times now i would tend to think that 1162 people wouldn't take to a pattern pattern if it wasn't properly written and worth the money and this pattern cost $8.40 which is quite expensive in itself 
Um, so quite a bit of money to spend out on a pattern. Um, so then the other bits and pieces that I check is on the right hand side of a pattern description. It will tell you um, how well it is rated. They use a star rating and that's out of five. And whether um, you'll see whether there's any decent pre-purchase information. So the um, what level it's at, what size needle it uses. You get the yarn that they've used within the initial pattern on the right hand side as well. So automatically you can start to filter out whether it's the type of pattern that you would want to use or not. And the Aranami pattern that I had bought had an average star rating of 4.4 out of 5 stars from 365 votes. So again, that gives me confidence that actually this is a really good, clear, well-written pattern. And then what I tend to do is go into those 1,162 projects that have been made and I look to see what other yarns people have used. Um, whether the pattern is all coming out as a standard pattern or if people have had problems. But when you go into the um, the projects page, you can filter further if you want to. So one of the things I tend to filter on is whether a pattern has been helpful or not. And once you've filtered down that, you can then scan down all of the patterns and you can find out which ones have been most helpful. So the reason that I've pulled the Aranami knitted shawl out is because it's one that I've knitted and my pattern notes have been deemed helpful by 12 people. And the way that you can tell whether it's been helpful or not is you will see a little life ring um, beside the pattern notes for that specific project. So my um, pattern notes on Aranami has got 12 life rings and that means that 12 people have deemed my project helpful, my project notes helpful. Um, and that's probably one of the highest helpful rated projects in Aranami, to be honest. Um, so then what I would tend to do is find that most helpful project and dig into that project a little bit more. So I know, for example, that my Aranami shawl was the most helpful because I gave yarn management advice. I said how much yarn I would need for each of the scallops. And I gave a way of using less yarn for the t final tier and having less sewing in because instead of making individual scallops where you cut and have to sew in, I showed a way that you could just do scallop after scallop after scallop just with the continuous yarn. So people find that really helpful because it's a shawl that is just made up of lots and lots of individual scallops and has got a lot of sewing in. So people were looking for hacks to do less sewing in, essentially. But what that means is that you can assess what that crafter is like. So if you like what it is that they've said about helpfulness, you can then also go in and see the other projects that that crafter has done. You're essentially like project stalking them. And that allows you to see what skill level they're at, what yarn types they usually use, whether they're a similar crafter to you, whether they buy lots of patterns and also the rating that they gave to that pattern. So the crux of it and what I'm saying is go and stalk people, go and look at the projects that are already made for that pattern and go and see what people have to say about it and um, that should then give you some really good guidance on whether that pattern is worth buying or not. As a general rule of thumb, 
I would say if somebody's putting a pattern out there that's paid for, then they will have done due diligence on making sure that that pattern is as good as it can be before it hits the the sale tab. Now, that is not always the case. And I have heard stories of other people that have had real issues with paid for patterns and um, with sizing not being given and just not enough detail. However, um, in those cases, you can get in touch with the designer. I've had far more problems using free patterns because people just put them out there and may not be um, particularly proficient at pattern writing but they put patterns out there free of charge. I mean, great, it's lovely that you can get patterns free of charge, but I tend to have far more problems with the free of charge patterns than I do with the paid for patterns. So hence why I've given tips on, um, on how you can assess paid for patterns and work out whether they are worth your while or not. So Quad the Rav, I'm hoping is going to be a permanent feature where either I will pick a discussion topic that's been lent out of the um, the Ravelry group that we have or I will show you some of the functionality behind Ravelry that you might not be aware of but will make your use of Ravelry much much better and um, hopefully allow you to contribute more to Ravelry and get more out of it. So that's what Quad the Rav is going to be all about. Nice little short segments about how you can get more usage out of Ravelry or filter through it more easily for projects that you want to do. And if you're wondering why it's called Quad the Rav, I've provided a link and some of you may be familiar with um, Eddie Azard, the comedian who just, he cracks me up. He is one of my favourite comedians and he does a whole sketch about Latin and Hannibal coming round the mountain and it's just it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen him do and uh, yeah there's a section about quad so quad the rav <laughs> so slurp of coffee it's really cold in here I tried it with the heater on again and it was just too noisy I said Matthew was testing out the kit and I said can I not get away with leaving the heater on he was like well I wouldn't, <laughs> which in Matthew speak means do not leave the heater on. <laughs> so the heater's off, hence big chunky scarf and a cashmere jumper on today. Moving on to setting the scene for 2017. At the beginning of 2016, I set myself a few crafting goals and that I wanted to try and achieve by the end of this year. And it wasn't anything that was going to be too arduous, but I wanted to give myself just a set of bullet points that I could work towards. You may or may have not noticed, I'm really a bit of a deadline knitter. I need a deadline on something, otherwise it will just kind of get passed to the wayside. And I really like being quite structured in my approach about things. And so that's how I decided I was going to tackle 2016. So some of the bits and pieces that I set up for myself were that I wanted to learn to make socks. <laughs> oh, I think I've ticked that box. Um, so far, I have knitted 10 pairs of socks and I have crocheted three pairs of socks. And I'm hoping that um, I will reach 14 by the end of this year because I've got another pair of Christmas socks to knit up for Janakins. Um, 
and so I, I definitely feel like I've managed to achieve the sock knitting and that really all kicked off because I signed up for Christine Winnick Mum's sock knitting course up at Black Sheep Bowls and that just totally changed my crafting habits for um, sock knitting. I tried a different sock knitting course before that and it just, it was like a swarm of bees in my mind. Nothing stuck, nothing came together, but the way that Christine explains it and shows you the techniques just really set it in my mind. Okay, I understand bit by bit how you do socks. It, it was just fabulous and it's, I will be um, crocheting knitting socks until the day that I can crochet and knit no longer. I'm moving towards having only handmade socks as part of my wardrobe. I'm not that far off either. <laughs> um, so that was one of them. The other was learning to do colour work. So I had done very little um, colour work, stroke feral in knitting, and I certainly hadn't done any in crochet. And so in January I took part in a knit along, and that was, uh, um, it was called the Nature's Shades Along. It was done with Knit British, um, another podcast. And the idea was that you had to use British undyed yarn or local to you undyed yarn. And I made a cowl using, I think it was five different breeds, all undyed and kind of um, got inspiration from an Icelandic pattern that I had and then made it into a cowl rather than the jumper that I have the pattern for. And that was just a fantastic study for me on um, getting my tension right, getting my floats right and working out which one would be the dominant yarn. And that really then helped me when I was making the um, the hat out of raw because much of the same principles apply to crochet colour work. So your yarn management, having a dominant yarn, um, having your floats moving across. Now, Luckily, because of the way that this hat has been designed, you don't really have to worry about your floats because you just keep on moving the yarn along as you go. Um, because it's you never have more than three spaces be before your, your next um, colour and the way that you do it in crochet is quite different anyway. But, as you can see, the inside. Um, so but doing the, the work that I did for the Nature Shades Along, Knit Along, really helped me with um, working out this hat from raw. So I feel like I've kind of ticked that box as well because I've definitely become better at doing knitted colour work and just sneaking in before the end of 2016 was the, the crochet colour work. And this is something, um, the crochet colour work, I can see myself doing lots and lots and lots with. I have got bag ideas mulling through my mind so not unlike Skogafoss and the bag that I've done for Take Two, but really introducing some funky new colours into that. Um, John Arbin, John and Juliet have got a new yarn coming out in March next year um, called Devonia. And I think they're going to be really quite bright colours and I can just, I can see their colours working in quite a Moroccan type of a, crochet colour work section so yeah I have lots of ideas floating around for that one and it's because I would set that as one of my things for 2016 that those ideas are starting to filter through 
Another one that I had was to dye some of my own yarn. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that I organised a yarn dyeing workshop back at the beginning of September, which feels like moons ago. Um, and that was great fun. And I'm slowly working my way through that hand dyed yarn that I um, that I did at the time. The workshop was run by Nick from Yarns from the Plain. We all had so much fun doing it. Um, so yeah, that was another thing. I wanted to do that this year. For 2017, I might set it up that I want to do more of my own hand dyeing from home. Well, we'll see what happens there. You know, I'm not busy enough. Um, I also never had the opportunity to take part in any crochet alongs or knit alongs because I guess I wasn't on Ravelry anywhere near as much as I am now. And with the work that I used to do, I used to travel the country and I could be in Europe, I could be all over the place and I just didn't have as much crafting time as I have now. So when I left my job job and started up my own company, I made a point of saying I want to do some crochet alongs or knit alongs. So this year I've taken part in two knit-alongs and I haven't done a crochet along. I think partly because I didn't find one that I liked, but also um, knit-alongs seem to be more prevalent. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted to run the Christmas crochet along. So in 2016 I will be doing a crochet along. It's just that it will be our crochet along. <laughs> you know, if you can't find what you want, do it yourself. Um, so yeah, it's been a really good way of having a deadline. Again, I like a deadline. And um, seeing what other people are up to. It's fascinating to see how people can use the same pattern and make something that is completely different. Or, um, you know, just the different ideas and designs that people have coming through that I would never be able to dream up. But that's their thing. And it's just, it's so intriguing to see the other projects that people make. And I really love that about a crochet along, sorry, a crochet along or a knit along. You get to meet so many new people. Um, you've all got this common purpose and this common goal, but you know that at the end of it, you're going to have completely different elements. And it's, yeah, I really enjoy that aspect. Um, another of my 2016 goals was to put better projects up on Ravelry and linked with that was taking better photos of my projects and I rather suspect that if you went to my Ravelry page and saw what I was doing at the beginning compared to what I'm doing now case in point is I've just put up all of my project notes for Unkia for that magical magical shawl that I made for Juliet at John Arbin and my photography has definitely moved on leaps and bounds and the amount of information that I put into Ravelry now, because I've got more time um, for the crafting side of my life, I really put a lot of effort into my project notes because I know that they help people and I know that I look for that help from other people. So I kind of feel like it's it's the right thing to do. It brings a bit of balance for what I get out of Ravelry. I feel like I'm putting it back in there. So I definitely feel like I've achieved that with my with my Ravelry status and also using Instagram to encourage people to look at what it is that I'm doing and be inspired to do more crafting. So yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like 
those boxes have been ticked as well. Um, and so what I'm thinking about doing, and I'd love for as many of you as possible to join in as well, I'm going to open a thread which is called Setting the Scene for 2017. And I'll probably have that thread up and running by the time this gets published, or which will be tomorrow, which is Friday the 16th. And what I'd love to know is what are your crafting goals for the coming year? And feel free, this is me getting like all business-like on your asses, but feel free to split it down into quarters if that's how you work, or just general points for 2017, or just, it doesn't have to be like 20 different things that you want to achieve, it can just be one thing that you really want to focus in on for the year. Um, I haven't yet completely worked out what mine are for 2017, but I guess I'm going to have to do that between now and tomorrow when I publish. Um, but yeah, I'd be really intrigued to see what everybody else thinks that they want to focus in for the coming year. Um, and then a bit like we have with the whips thread, it's something that you can then go in and review and take a look at and just have as a little bit of a, like a reset, a reminder of what it is that you wanted to achieve throughout the year. And it might be to increase your sewing skills or tapestry skills. Like, I am multi-craftual. I, I don't care what you talk about within the podcast. I just love that people are crafting. So add that in as part of your, um, part of your notes for 2017. Like one that is definitely going to be on mine is <laughs> to finish the TARDIS cushion and the Shoreline's blanket. I want them out and done. And so they're going to have to be on that list. So it could be an FO that's been lurking for a while. Get it out, pop it on the list, and then it's there. It's kind of up front and centre for you as part of your focus for the coming year. Another one of mine is going to be not buying yarn, but more than that in the next podcast. So yeah, I'll add that thread into Ravelry. Uh, I'd love to see what everybody else is, is thinking that they might do for the coming year. And if you're not hearing this until like springtime 2017, it doesn't matter. Add in what you'd like to do for the rest of 2017. There's no deadlines on this. You just add in whatever it is you think you'd like to be focusing on. More coffee and warm hands. I have a thermal coffee jug and I'm hoping it's really worked today because it's so cold in the office. Yeah, there's kind of steam coming off it. So, on to the bit where I look like a newsreader. Um, this is called New World Order. I feel a little like... Um, Give me a news I was going to say Jill Dando. That's probably not the best one I could have chosen. Uh, maybe not. Moira Stewart. Um, yes, I feel a, a little like Moira Stewart with all of my papers in front of me. So New World Order is a one-time only section. Um, as you're all aware, Lynn has decided not to do the podcast anymore because of um, time commitments. And I figured this is my first solo outing and so what I should do is give you a flavour of what it is I want to achieve with the podcast and just to give you some assurances on 
um, how it will be going forward and what my intentions are. So I have absolutely every intention of continuing with the podcast and podcasting on a monthly basis and continuing with the timeline that we've set up, which is to have it published on the first Friday of every month at about 10 o'clock. Um, that's when we tend to do it at the moment and I'm just going to stick with that because as we've already discussed, I love a deadline and if you don't give me a deadline, I won't achieve anything. Um, so, what are my reasons for continuing? I I really enjoy it. I love podcasting. It's a great way for me to get inside of the industry and my mind is like a sponge. I have to know everything about something. Um, so if I've got an interest in something, I just want to suck up all of the information. That's how I feel about the crafting sector. And by having the podcast, what that means is I feel like I've got to know lots of information to be able to filter it back out to you guys and have interesting content and a degree of understanding so that when I'm telling you something or suggesting something, um, hopefully you think that it's valid information. Does that make sense? I hope so. You think that it's valid because you would know that I've done the legwork on it. I'm not just spraffing information and making it up. Occasionally I spraff. <laughs> but in the main, I try really hard to understand what it is that I'm conveying on the podcast. Um, so it's a great way of me learning more, which I love to do. And it's a great way of me getting inside the industry and being a part of it, which is something that I'm really keen on doing. Um, it may, definitely makes me craft more because of the deadline thing and feeling, well, feeling like, not like I have to, but wanting to have stuff to show you that's interesting and different on the podcast. Um, and also to be able to learn new techniques and share them with you all as well. And also, and this is probably one of the most important factors, is I get to talk to all of you lovelies whether that's through Ravelry or Instagram or Twitter or on email, but I have got a whole new team around me that I didn't have previously, and it's you guys. And that makes the world of difference to me. Um, I work from home and I don't see people really until Matty comes home. Jill and I go walking and like after we've podcast today, I will go into town because I've got loads of errands to do. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I cannot see people for a long time. and But that doesn't mean to say that I'm lonely and I'm not. And it's because of social media and I'm seeing what everybody else is up to that I'm not lonely and I feel like I've got lots of really good, fun, engaging, um, innovative people around me. So that's another reason for doing the podcast is it gives me that focus and that community and a lovely bunch of friends that are growing through Ravelry and through Instagram. And so for that reason, I would hate to stop doing the podcast. And if you haven't engaged um, with the Crochet Circle or with me at Knit It, um, Knit it Hook It on Instagram, please do come and say hello. Um, I love to see what you guys are up to. Um, and yeah, get in touch. Come on, come on in. <laughs> so... I've just quickly written down, this is my proper newsreader, but I've quick, quickly written down some of the things I think you should expect from me 
2017, you know, you, my customer base, <laughs> this is what you can expect from me. A podcast that is published on the first Friday of every month. Um, and that will be continuing with YouTube. So that will go up and also via Podbean and through Podbean, that means that you also get it on Stitcher and iTunes and various other um, pod sharing um, bands as well. One of the things I want to do is increase some of the vlog style videos that I take. I go and do a lot of stuff, you may have noticed. Um, so Matthew and I quite often go away to places or I go and meet up with Jenny and I do a lot of yarn based stuff. And increasingly I've got more and more shows that I'm going to be doing. Quite excited, I don't know if I can tell you yet, but I'm doing one of the early yarn shows in 2017. I'm really quite excited about it. It's one of my favourites and I'm going to be there with my stand. Um, so I'd love to be able to vlog about that. Um, I've just come back from Bath for the weekend and I've done um, lots of little snippet videos on that. Um, I'm actually going to put that at the end of this video. Um, so if you want to see it, I'll timeline it in the show notes if you're listening on audio to show you Bath and the Christmas markets and the lovely the two lovely wool shops that I came across in Bath. So I want to be able to share some of those antics with you because um, I definitely don't lead a dull life. I'm always off doing things, um, not during the working week, then I'm a hermit, but at the weekends we're often off doing things and we travel abroad quite a lot and we are really quite active. So that might mean that you get a vlog of me bungee jumping off a bridge or in a yarn shop or... Um, in Munich or in Amsterdam or something totally different but they will generally always be separate vlogs so if it's not something that you're interested in you don't need to watch it because they generally won't be part of the podcast the Bath one is an exception um, so I want to do more of that partly as a way of documenting my crazy life like I said we do a lot and it's nice to just be able to show what it is that I'm up to and for me to be able to look back on that and think yep I lived my life I definitely lived my life um I'm going to continue with the usual content on social media my intention is to focus on Instagram because it very much suits my output and the fact that I love doing photography and I'm quite a visual person so Instagram for me is perfect for that I will continue with Twitter, but there will definitely be less content on Twitter. So if you want to know what I'm up to, I would say Instagram is your best bet. And for those of you that aren't yet on Instagram but are thinking about it, you can really take that in baby steps. You can sign up for accounts, start following people. You don't have to put any content out there, but you can just be inspired by what other people are doing and filling up your timeline. So... You don't have to be on Instagram like properly to be able to make use of Instagram and seeing what other people are up to. So if it's something you're humming and awing about, I would say give it a try. Sign up to some of your favourite crafters, favourite um, yarn dyers, whatever it is, and see what it is that they're up to. I don't think you would regret it. And you don't have to post on Instagram. You can just sit there quietly lurking and watching what other people are up to. If you have absolutely no intention of going onto Instagram, but you are on Pinterest, I've set up um, a piece of software which means that every um, 
everything that I do on Instagram automatically goes into a Pinterest board anyway. So if you don't do Instagram but you do do Pinterest and you feel like you're losing out on some of the content, just go and have a look at Pinterest because the same photos are over there anyway. Um, I want to continue to grow the content and the engagement on our Ravelry thread. Fred? Fred. Apparently I can't talk. Thread. On our Ravelry thread. And um, we've got so many lovely people that engage in that thread. And I would love more of you to engage in that. Like I said earlier, if you're a lurker, great. You know, every now and then pop in and say hello. Show us what you've been up to. It's really inspiring to see what people have been making, what yarns they're using, what patterns they're using. And they really make me smile and know they make other people smile as well. So I want to encourage more usage of Ravelry and things like um, having a Quad the Rav specific thread where you can share your bits and pieces on Ravelry of what you find useful or what you need to know. So then that's a feed in for me doing Quad the Rav. Stuff like that, I'm hoping that we'll get quite a bit of engagement with. Um, I want to keep some of the standard sections like ye crochet or no nay crochet, the whips and the FOs and the feeding the, the habit because that's what a lot of people look for in a podcast. They want to see what you're working on. They want to be inspired. So this is a one-off blip where you're not really getting that from me um, because you will get it. I'll be recording again in about 10 days time. And um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be picking back up all of those normal sections. Um, so yeah, I, I will be keeping them for sure. That's not going to change. And the reviews will continue as and when something comes along that is review worthy. On that front though, I work with a lot of different yarns, a lot, a lot of different yarns. And I could never, you know, if I just did a podcast on all the yarns I was using, that's all the podcast would be. So what I'm going to devise is a way that I can um, quickly get away, get across, review information, on an Instagram photo. So it would be a picture of the yarn and the project that I'm working on. And then I would probably have like a scoring system or a word-based system for what I think of that yarn, the hook size that I'm using, all of the relevant information. So um, that for me allows you to see new yarns, understand a little bit about the yarns, but without taking up lots of the podcast. And then if I've got a really specific yarn that I'm working on or I want to review, then I'll do that within the podcast as well. But it'll just give you a flavour of all of the different colours that I'm working with and the yarns that I'm working with because you you don't see a fraction of that from within the podcast. And again, if you're not on Instagram, you can pick that up through Pinterest instead. So I'm going to be working on that towards the end of the year. And what I might do is put a few out there test it with you guys, see what you think and then ask you for some feedback on what you think of the way that the the yarn review has been set up as a single photo on, um, on Instagram. Um, and then we've got some new sections like Quad the Rav. Other sections will come but I think for me what I would like them to be is fun and informative but ultimately useful to you. I'm not sure of the point of having a section that isn't going to be useful to you. 
So I need to think what else is required and within that, what the timelines are. I feel like the podcasts have become too long. The last one was an utter whopper because we had the whole thing with Lynn leaving to deal with. And naturally the podcasts will come down in length because we, we don't have two of everything to do. Um, but my feeling is about an hour and 15 to an hour and a half. Hour and a half should be an absolute maximum on a podcast. So that's what I'm going to be pulling it down to. So the number of additional sections that I cover will depend on how long this video has been already and how long it's going to be after editing. But that said, if there's anything that you really think is missing from the podcast that you want me to cover, let me know. I will happily um, think about it and see how that could be incorporated in as part of the podcast. More coffee and heat. So, this is one of my favourite sections. Christmas cow! Quite a lot of excitement about running a Christmas cow. I am particularly excited about the idea. And I put up a thread on Ravelry and opened up a poll um, probably about a month and a half ago now. And um, the poll has been quite split. And I, I opened up the poll because I really wanted to run it and try and incorporate as many people as possible and work out which system would be best. And when I looked at it last night, 88% wanted to work from the same pattern and 12% wanted to choose their own pattern. Um, so that clearly says that one pattern would suit most people. However, it's a cow. I kind of feel like if we can choose one pattern, the people that want to do one pattern can do that. And the people that want to run their own Christmas um, cow pattern should do that too. And on that basis then, I think what's going to happen is that I am going to do... I am a loony. Why am I doing this to myself? But I'm going to. I'm going to do both. So whatever pattern is chosen, I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to choose one that I want to do my own single pattern as well. So the cowl will start on Christmas Eve. That could be one minute uh, past 12 on the morning of Christmas Eve. If you're up and about and like, all your stuff is sorted. Um, I don't really mind what time zone you're in and you don't have to start it on the 24th. I think it would just be better if you didn't start it before the 24th. And it's going to run until the 31st of January. So what I would encourage is that when you're picking your pattern, you choose something which is definitely achievable in about a five week time period because it'd be lovely to get the FO's thread lovely and full and um, I will work out uh, oh I was going to say I will work out a prize for the crochet along and actually Vicky Brown has very kindly said that she will give one of the shawl yarn club subscription boxes to a lucky listener so I wonder I might might be something else but I might do the tie-in between Vicky's first shawl club and a prize for the Christmas cow. Hmm. I'll think on that. Sorry, that's my brain whirring as I'm kind of dreaming stuff up. Um, so there will be a prize. Stroke, pr 
surprise is, maybe. And it runs from the 24th to the 31st of January. Now, if we are going to have the same one pattern, then what I would suggest is there's been quite a bit of talk about doing cowls or um, shawls, all sorts of stuff within the thread. I don't really want to be the person that defines what it is that you're going to do. So what I would suggest is that between the people that are going to take part of the uh, part in the cal between now and let's say the 21st of December you sort out what pattern it is that you would all most like to do. And then for those of you that wanted to do a one common pattern if it isn't one that you're that keen on then you can feel free to do the one that you are keen on. So by opening it up both ways, everybody should be happy and able to take part in the cow because I would rather everyone was happy, frankly. So I will put some information into the thread and then if you decide which pattern it is you want to do and then I'll put the information out on that on Instagram and Twitter and up on Ravelry as well will encourage as many people as possible to take part in the Christmas cal. As I said earlier, I may have ordered a skein of Christmas yarn from Vicky. <laughs> I am not at all Christmassy. But when I was going through her Etsy shop, um, and she's got an update on Friday, I think, about 7pm, so go and take a look. Um, she had a skein that was uh, reds and greens and creams and it was just really nice and I clearly Christmas has taken a hold of me and I, I must be more Christmassy than I thought so that's ordered and hopefully going to arrive tomorrow I'll pop it up and you can all have a look but I think one of my Christmas cal projects will have to be in the Christmas skein that I've got from Vicky and so final segment is what's good and there can only be one what's good for me here which is that the reaction to people hearing that that Lynn was leaving, clearly people are sad about that and it and it is a shame, but I one hundred percent understand her reasoning behind that. Um so not great that Lynn has gone, but what is really nice and, and warming is that lots of people have been in touch and said Great to hear that you're continuing Faye and looking forward to seeing what you produce. So um, it's just really nice that there's still a level of encouragement out there. <laughs> I feel a, a bit like a teenager um, like in the line at PE class, never being picked. Um, but it's nice to know that if I was in the PE lineup, you would still pick me to be part of your team. <laughs> that's, that's utterly ridiculous, but that's how it felt. You go through that nervousness of thinking, like, am I, am I going to be picked? Do people care enough about what I've got to say um like do I have enough personality to carry this forward on my own we'll see we'll see if you continue to listen but you know so far people have just been so lovely and um offered a lot of encouragement for me continuing with the podcast so I don't see me going anywhere frankly um I really enjoy it and I get a lot out of it and I know that a lot of other people really enjoy listening to the podcast or are sat there on published day waiting for it to be published so long may that continue and I think that's it from me 
hopefully you still enjoyed it even though it was a solo affair um you can catch me on instagram it's crochet underscore circle it's the same on pinterest and it's the same on twitter and youtube if you're listening to this and you wanted to look at it on youtube if you just type into the search engine the crochet circle podcast and if you do do that the subscribe button is about here it's the big red one please hit the subscribe button then you'll get an alert every time i put up a new video um and i think you automatically get that alert if you're signed up through stitcher and, and podbean and itunes anyway and come on in and see what the Ravelry group is up to. If you go into the search bar on the front page of Ravelry and you type in the Crochet Circle podcast and filter down to groups, that's how you will find us. And we've got lots of lovely folks that are in that um, that group. So come on in and, and see what the chat is. That's it from me. But you're not going to hear from me again until after Christmas in terms of podcast. So, happy festive season, folks. Have a good one. Hopefully you're all chilled and relaxed and everything's sorted. And even if it's not, remember to breathe. It's a time for family. It's a time for enjoying what you've got in your life. Um, and enjoy what is the festive season and what it's there for. Um, so... Happy holidays, that sounds very American, but I'm just aware of people with different denominations. It's not all about Christmas for some people. So happy holidays, happy festive season. Have an amazing rest of 2016. And I'll be seeing you in 2017, in January. Have a good one, folks. Bye-bye. Come on, Dashbar. You're nearly 40. Fairly sure you can do this. Boobs out. Teeth. How can you make yourself laugh when it's just you and your own? You're such a wally. Stop it. Right. Calm, serious. <laughs> Come on. Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast.